morning is a short one from Hebrews chapter 4, and I'll be reading from verse 14 in the New International Version. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is God's word. Wonderful. Well, good morning, everyone. It's so, so nice to finally be up here speaking with you all. I wanted to say first and foremost, thank you. Thank you so much for allowing me to preach to you this morning. I consider preaching such a true, true honor, and I love doing it. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to share with you what I feel is God's word to you. Uh, but also for your trust in me, that I will speak God's word, not just my own words. Especially after last night, I was down in Guy Mia until not, 10 o'clock at night for state youth band rehearsal, so a bit of extra grace this morning would be lovely. <laughs> you see, I was preparing my sermon this week, and I was trying really hard to be strict and to stay to 20 minutes, and that's how long I used to preach for. But then I checked last week's sermon, and Joel actually preached for 40 minutes. And so I thought, wonderful, I could go crazy. So I'm going to ask you all now to just get your phone out, cancel your lunch plans. We're going for a bit of a ride today. So just kidding, of course. But you see, for those who haven't met me yet, my name is Jack. I'm the new youth pastor here, if you can't tell already. And I am just already feeling so wonderful about this place. So wonderful about this place. And I'm really feeling like home. I'm starting to feel like this is my church family, and I have you all to thank for that. Uh, Today I'm going to be closing the series for the term which was the manhood of Jesus. As a church, we've been looking at the humanity of Christ, acknowledging that he was a human person, fully man and fully God, and just like you and me today. And today we land in Hebrews chapter 4. For those that like a title, like myself, I'm calling my sermons this morning The Bridge. And we're going to be exploring how the humanity of Jesus is our bridge to God's kingdom. And that in our lives, we can walk over this bridge daily. I believe that this is a really natural place to close out the series. And to see how in a beautiful, beautiful way, the, the humanity of Jesus... And the divinity of Jesus contrast here together in one passage. And in the midst of all this, we are brought up into the kingdom of God. So that's where we're going today. But first, let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you speak to us in so many ways. I thank you so much that we have access, that we have the ability to come before you, to dwell in your presence. And God, I pray for nothing short of that this morning. I pray that you would help me to speak words to these people in this room, these wonderful people, that would encourage them, 
that would uplift them and would strengthen them. Amen. Can I ask you all this morning, what is the best bonfire that you have ever had? Best bonfire you've ever had. The bridge lens, I can't hear that. You see, for me, every bonfire is the best fire I've ever had. I would, I would really not last long as a fly because if it's hot and bright, I'm there, okay? But you see, the, if I can pinpoint the best one I ever had, it would have to be on my brother-in-law's property. Uh, my brother-in-law's, no, sorry, my brother's sister-in-law property. That one. There we go. And over in WA. You see, I worked on a truffle farm over in Manjumup, Western Australia. And while we were over there, we were at this church. And one time after church, we went over to my brother's soon-to-be wife's property. That's the one. There we go. I've got it now. And they lived on a thousand acres. And they were like, we're going to have a bonfire. It's going to be great fun. We're going to do that. And we were sitting around and we were just having a great time. And then it came time to light the bonfire. And I thought, wonderful, it's just going to be like a big bonfire, a big property. I walk out, there is a whole tree cut up on the ground in a pile with sticks all around it. And I'm not talking one of those like, like a tree, like a tree. It was amazing. Stacked up in a teepee, this thing was going to burn until the end of time. Okay. <laughs> I think it's still burning today. But you see, the thing is, I was looking at this fire and I thought, how are they going to light that? Because I really don't think a match in the newspaper is going to do the trick. And I'm, I'm thinking that, but then Johnny, my brother's father-in-law, comes out with this red can. And he starts going crazy, and it was petrol. And he starts going crazy, throwing it all around, going everywhere. And he says, you, you may want to step back. And he's keep going, he keeps going. He just dumps liters and liters. And then eventually, I thought, he can't like that. Because as we all know, you don't use petrol, you use diesel. Because petrol evaporates and can explode. So what he did was, he said, everyone, all right, everyone, we're going to light it. Go back, get back. And he gets the can, lowers it down to the ground, and starts walking with it. Like this making a trail, and he goes on for about 20 metres, and we're all back with him, and he puts the can down, and he gets a little match, he sparks it, drops it on the flame, and it was incredible, I tell you what, but that's how he did it, the flame started at his feet, this little insignificant flame, and it slowly went getting bigger and faster until eventually it just erupted. It did explode. It was awesome. You see, when considering our text this morning, can we keep this picture in mind? There we go. I want us to keep this picture in mind. The picture of us a match, a fire isolated and burning alone. The unlit wood, the Father's grace and mercy and love waiting to embrace us, and Jesus, the fuel, or petrol, whatever you like, that is sourced in the Father, went out and formed a bridge between the two. 
like a bridge that we may walk over daily. For a little context this morning, our text comes from Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. See, the book of Hebrews is actually a wonderful, wonderful book written to a group of Jews living in Jerusalem. The book is an inspired word that seeks out to inspire Jewish Christians to continue on in their faith. So as modern readers, we can understand this for what it is. Hebrews is a powerful book of encouragement and an empowerment. There are, three, there are themes all throughout Hebrews of drawing near to God. And with this picture of constantly pushing into and seeking after God. And as we begin our text for this morning, we will see where this drawing near to God can lead us. But because this letter is written to Jewish Christians, not Gentile Christians, there are many Old Testament themes that rise up. Like we see in our text today. Let's turn to our text, just in verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Our first point for this morning is that Jesus is your high priest. And I know you've all been wanting one of those. Growing up every Christmas, I'd ask mum and dad, can I have a high priest, please? It's not commonly something we all want, is it? But he is your high priest. As you know, our series for this term is the manhood of Jesus. And the role he played as our high priest is actually best described as a human figure of atonement. Jesus was both fully man, fully human, and fully God. And he saved us both as fully man and fully God. For for Hebrews declares that he is our great high priest. So as you know, Adam and Eve sinned. Shocking, I know, they did. And this began a separation from God. Fast forward a little while, and we're with Moses in the desert, walking around with a bunch of people going, are we there yet? (laughs) And for some reason, God says to these people, I want to dwell in your presence. I want to dwell amongst you. So he commands them to build a tent. And in order to build a tent, similar to the one that we're going to have at State Youth Camp this year. That's what it's going to look like, just so you know. There it is. There it is. But something needed to be put in place to make them okay enough to dwell in God's presence. And so a high priest was appointed that would live a very strict and careful life so that they could enter the center of the tent where God's presence resided and make atonement for Israel and all their sins. There was a few rituals involved, but that's essentially what they did. There are actually some who believe that the high priest would actually have a rope tied around his ankle when he went into the Holy of Holies, as it's called, just in case they were overcome by God's presence and died. It's a very serious role. And I don't know if they found that out by experience or if God told them to do that, but that's not in the text, so who knows. But regardless, they would be with God. They would make atonement with God for all the sins of Israel in various ways. Jesus is our high priest. He lived a perfect life. He was pure and therefore worthy to approach God and his throne on our behalf to atone for our sins. 
You see, this human image of Jesus is so powerful. For it shows that our salvation and justification wasn't just the efforts of the divine, but also it was the efforts of Jesus as a human. And therefore it brings us humans with him. Like a fuel trail to a fire, Jesus restored the most wonderful relationship possible between us and our heavenly father. Later in verse 14, we read uh, that it was this human picture of Jesus as our high priest that ascends into heaven. The verse reminds us that Jesus is the son of God. Don't forget that. But it was the humanity of Jesus that went before God and made atonement for our sins. You see, this is a beautiful contrast between the divinity and the humanity of Jesus here. Because we know we know Jesus was fully God, and, but he was also fully man. And here in this one verse, we see them kind of bouncing off each other. How beautiful is it, friends, that our Jesus, the Son of God, approached the throne of God as a human figure and our high priest rather than in his deity. Philippians 2 says, uh, though, he did, though he was God, he did not... Think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus lowered himself to such humanity in his divinity. He was at the feet of God, not as the Son, but as a human figure, so that he could atone for all our sins. Is that sinking in this morning? How important this one verse is. A human goes before God and allows all others to do the same. It's appropriate now that the writer of Hebrews encourages us to have faith in this man. However, where does that faith go? Let's keep reading. For we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Our second point for this morning is that Jesus built us. Jesus built us, the church, our faith, all that we are as Christians. The use of the word high priest in, this, in chapter 4 is actually what commentators call a hook word and is drawing us back to earlier in Hebrews to chapter 3. And in chapter 3 it says, But Christ is faithful as the Son of God over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. They state that Christ is faithful, to God's house. Prior to that, they were talking about this idea of him being our great high priest and being faithful to build that house. The writer states, we are that house. So as we hold firm to the faith that we profess, we are stating that we are holding firm to the fact that Jesus, he did the work. He built his house, us, and he will receive the glory for it. You see, my dad works really hard for my family. 
I lost count of the different kinds of jobs that he's had. Not because work is hard to find, it's because he can do so many things. So he thinks, why not? I'll do it all. He's such a highly capable man. Uh, and, but one of the first jobs that I ever remember him having was being a, a site manager for a building company. At least that's what I think it was in my memory. <laughs> Anyways, I remember being about three to five years old. And I remember going with him to one of these projects. And it was demolition day. It was good fun. They were ripping the whole thing down. And he was there in the monks, and he was telling people what to do, and he was there, and I was looking up at him, and it was just great. It's a memory that I have. Uh, however, one of the things I also remember about my dad being a site manager was that he just, he really, really valued just being there. He wasn't the one to sit at home and order everyone around from there. He would go in there, and he would be a part of it, and you'd see him with a sledgehammer. It was, why not? But at the same time... He was there, and so was Jesus. Verse 15 of Hebrews 14 states that Jesus is able to empathize with us. He was here. He was with us, and he still is. The humanity of Jesus as our high priest doesn't mean that it was perfect. he was perfect, and therefore it was easy. Not at all. The humanity of Jesus as our high priest means that he had to be perfect. He had to go through all of life, every second of every day, making choice after choice, not to sin, to do the right thing. He had to do everything we do as humans and do it perfectly. The life he lived wasn't skipping around saying, oh, this is easy, I could do whatever I want and it's going to be fine. No, Jesus was human like us. And made the right choice every second, day after day. He was building his house. He was building the church. He was building a foundation for our faith through the disciples. He was building his kingdom. He was building, and it is building, that has stayed very strong to this very day. Day after day, brick after brick, Jesus toiled away in building everything that we know in love, in the faith that we profess and hold firmly to. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus was the Son of God. He did have a little bit of an unfair advantage. But in his humanness, not his divinity, did he not sin. As our text states, we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, what does that mean for us? Let us look at our next verse. For we do not, uh, let us then approach God's throne. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Our third point for this morning is walk over the bridge daily. Jesus is your high, your high priest, your figure of atonement. He lived a perfect life, never giving into temptation and, and being human in every single way. And in that form, he ascended into heaven, leaving behind his title, Son of God. And he said, Lord, not them, me. He toiled away on earth, being faithful to us, and he has built his church and is the bridge from us 
to our Father. And I say to you, walk over that bridge every day. Friends, his throne is approachable. So let us approach God's throne. Jesus, our human figure of atonement, has led us to the Lord's throne. And you may approach it. Not in a metaphorical sense. The throne of our Lord is waiting for you. The kingdom of God is here now and we can live in it. We are told not only to approach God on his throne, but that throne is a throne of grace. Meaning no matter who you are, what you've done, at any point of every day, whatever you've done prior to it, you can approach his throne because you belong there. A little match has no authority to light a huge fire. You give that match some petrol, and boy, you've got something. It's not the match that has the power, it's the fuel. The match takes hold and just clings on for the ride. Have confidence and faith in our Jesus and who he is. Church, be empowered in your everyday lives. There is a bridge waiting for you to take you from the distraction of this world into the reality that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is not a place, but rather a reality that we can choose to accept and let it take over our lives. We as humans are caught up so much in our world caught up so much, but there is a greater reality that is available to you every second of every day, and that is the kingdom of God. We may receive mercy in grace to help us in our time of need. God's throne of grace and mercy is waiting to give you all of that, to allow you to come before God and say, help. Why? Because in God's kingdom, there is help and there is hope. The title of this sermon today is The Bridge. And I want us to comprehend for a moment what a bridge can do. Take, for instance, our Harbour Bridge. Best bridge in the world, in my opinion. I'm a little biased, but that's okay. Now, the bridge was built. uh, But before the bridge was built, the only way to get from one side to the other was a 20-kilometer journey right around. Nor a head is 20 kilometers away. Imagine adding that on your trip to the city. However, once it was built, everything changed. We can't imagine life without the Harbour Bridge. We know the city would just go straight across it. I simply can't imagine. The bridge also provided thousands of jobs to Australians in a time of the Great Depression. And in some way, got us back on our feet. We now consider the work of Jesus Christ as as our high priest. A human that underwent all the same struggles as us, tempted in every way, however, he remained perfect. He worked, he built us like a house, and went before God to atone for our sins. He created a bridge that would forever change our reality. So we don't even have to comprehend what it's like with life before the bridge even existed. We can simply just walk over it freely and enjoy the paradise that is a life with God here now. 
Just like we don't have to think about what life was like before the Harper Bridge, we shouldn't need to think about what life was like before Jesus came. Ready and toll free, by the way. You can access God's kingdom. It is simply there for you, ready to step into it every moment of every day. Life isn't easy. (laughs) It really isn't. We have trials and we have failings. However, in our times of need, be encouraged. God's throne of grace is waiting to help you. You can approach him in confidence and say, here I am, Lord, help me. Jesus, in his humanity, brought this reality to all humans on earth. The humanity of Jesus is our bridge to God's kingdom. So in your life, walk over it daily. We may receive receive this mercy and grace and love and acceptance and all that the kingdom of God holds. Relationship with our Father. Forgiveness of sins. You see, when we hear the word gospel, for me, I think my mind goes straight to forgiveness of sins. However, dying on the cross and forgiving our sins was just one part of the gospel. The bridge that Jesus built wasn't to a land of no more sins. The bridge that Jesus built was to the kingdom of God and forgiveness of sins is just one thing that happens every Monday in the kingdom of God and all the other days of the week. It's like getting your movie ticket and being so excited about your movie ticket, you just stare at it and never go watch the movie. (laughs) Friends, take your ticket, go into the movie, watch it. If it's Marvel, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) The kingdom of God is so much bigger than we can ever comprehend so much so that I'll do another sermon on it in another couple of weeks the humanity of Jesus is our bridge to this kingdom so in your life walk over that bridge daily I love being super practical in sermons so I've got three application points for you this morning number one every morning this week wake up and thank Jesus that his kingdom is here Let it be the first thing you do every day this week. Thank you that he was able to be perfect and therefore worthy to approach God. Thank him that he chose to approach him as your high priest, not as the son of God, and atoned for all your sins, allowing you to approach God yourself. Number two, as many as you times as you can throughout this week, at least once a day, I suggest doing it for the rest of your life, but as well, take a moment and say, God, show me your kingdom here now. Sit in a quiet place. Sit in a loud place. Sit wherever you can and say, God, what is your kingdom doing now? Say, God, where is your kingdom now? How can I enter into your kingdom now? And you'll see amazing things happen. Number three and the last one. At the end of the day, write down in a journal the things that you saw in the kingdom of God. You're going to write some amazing amazing stuff, I'm telling you now. 
and we open our minds to the fact that God brought his kingdom here now for us and we start being simply aware of what God is doing in our lives, we see that God is constantly trying to get our attention, constantly trying to engage with us because he loves us. And when you see that, when you see that in your everyday lives, it's going to change the way you live day to day. Friends, the kingdom of God is before us. Cross the bridge. Every day of your life, live in his kingdom, in his love, in his presence. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much. Not just, I thank you for your kingdom. God, I thank you that it's hard to comprehend your kingdom because it is so good. God, I pray that you give us help to comprehend it. God, as our high priest, in your humanity, you saved us. And I want to state it right now. You went before your father as the son of God and said, not me, them. You went before him as a human. God, Jesus, you were amazing. And I thank you so much for that. I thank you so much for your spirit. And God, I pray that we would see through your spirit what you're doing in this world and in our lives this week. And I pray that that continues on into the many weeks to come. Amen.